it's day nine in our 40-day tour through the Gospel of John, and it is just flying by, but that's what happens when we dig into the power of God's Word. It's fresh and new to us each day. So let's see what God has for us today. John chapter 4, verse 43 is where we pick it up, and now we're following Jesus as he, as he moves from Samaria into the region of Galilee. He's now up in the hillside. He's going to ultimately work his way down to the shoreline around the Sea of Galilee, towns like Capernaum. But for now, he's up in Cana. And that's where we find him in verse 46. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana. Remember, Cana's the town where Jesus performed his first miracle, his first sign, as John calls it, turning water into wine. That was the beginning of John 2. Now, at the end of John 4, it's going to be his second sign in the same town in Cana. Only the actual miracle doesn't happen in Cana. A conversation about the miracle happens. The miracle itself happens down in the uh, seaside town of Capernaum. Not that far away, same region, but not in the place where Jesus is having this conversation, which is really good news. Because it tells us right off the bat, as we read through this story of the healing that Jesus does of this government of this government official's son, who was near death, that we don't have to, in order to receive a miracle, go through some sort of specific formula where there's a laying on of hands or, 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 or where there's anointing oil used or whatever it might be. If you have that stuff, if, if you have anointing oil, if you can do a laying on of hands, if you can pray for people in a group, if you can be present with them, absolutely do so. The Bible gives us examples of that. It's a, it's a great thing to do. But it's not necessary. It isn't essential for a miracle to happen. What's essential for a miracle to happen, according to the, the end of John chapter 4 in this story of the healing of the government official's son, is the word of God needs to be present. The promises, the presence of Jesus Christ and his spirit and a belief in that word. Remember how John uses the word believe already. The Greek word is pisteo. It means to put all of your trust and, and, and faith and belief in Jesus Christ. And in doing so, it joins us together to the saving work of God through Christ. His death puts our sin to death. His resurrection raises us up to a new and an everlasting life. Believing in him joins us to Jesus. So what happens to him happens to us. Believing in him also is the power for us to experience the signs and wonders that John's gospel describes. Verse 46 says, Jesus was traveling through Galilee now and he came to the town of Cana, which is up in the hillsides near Nazareth where Jesus grew up. The verses right before that say, a prophet is not honored in his own hometown, but the Galileans there in that region did welcome him. So not necessarily honored, not necessarily everybody believing yet that he is the son of God, but at least they're welcoming him and they're intrigued by him. And we're going to find out pretty soon why, because he's doing miracles, because he's doing signs and wonders, and they want to tap into that. They, they, want, to, they want to ride that train and, and get everything they can out of it. If there's somebody in town doing signs and wonders, you want to make sure you don't miss it. If there's a miracle worker in town, you want some of those miracles. And so that's the interest so far in Jesus, but it'll grow and it'll deepen and it'll strengthen and so it is for a lot of us in our journey as we mature in faith. 
let me try to illustrate this for you. When I was a little boy, my friends and I loved the Harlem Globetrotters. There was a cartoon on Saturday mornings uh, that was called the Harlem Globetrotters cartoon, and they had the sweet Georgia Brown theme music, and, and they had my favorite Globetrotters, Meadowlark Lemon and Curly Neal, as cartoon characters with all of their half-court hook shots and 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 trick dunks and reverses and 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 incredible passing drills. And I love the Globetrotters. They were they were the best. At least that's what I thought. And that's what my friends thought, too. Didn't think they'd ever lose. In fact, at the end of every cartoon episode, they won the game by like 120 points. <laughs> so I was shocked when my dad told me one day, well, Mike, actually, the best teams in the NBA would almost certainly beat the Globetrotters. Back then, it was the New York Knicks and, and the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers that they would beat the Globetrotters. My friends and I couldn't believe it. No way. The, the Globetrotters knew all the tricks. They, knew, they, they were miracle workers on the basketball court. And what could be better than miracles on the basketball court? Well, what could be better for victory in the end is teamwork, believing in a vision, uh, uh, living for the game plan, trusting in things that you can't see. So as our faith matures... And as this story at the end of John chapter 4 reminds us, the healing of this government official's son, signs and wonders and miracles are great, and this will now be the second miraculous sign. The first one in Cana was Jesus turning water to wine, and now the second one in the same town in Cana is a conversation he has with this government official. The actual miracle itself is going to happen down the hillside in the seaside town of Capernaum, where this dying son of the government official is... Uh, trying to survive. The father of this dying son comes to Jesus, verse 47, and begs Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son, that he has to come to Capernaum. But of course, Jesus doesn't. He can heal us right where he is. We don't need him to be present. We just need to believe, believe in things we can't even see. Jesus asked, and you can almost sense his frustration, will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Are, are you following me just for the sake of the signs and wonders themselves? Or more appropriately, will those signs and wonders lead you to trust in my promises? And even more so, remember how this whole story ends. The risen Jesus comes before doubting Thomas and he says, Thomas, it would be better for you if you could believe in me without needing to see, without needing to see evidence, without needing to see miracles, without needing to see signs and wonders. You'd be more blessed, Thomas. If you had the kind of faith that could be, who could believe just because I said so, that you just trust my word, I'm with you. God loves you. If you believe in me, you won't perish, but will have everlasting life. I can heal you. Believe in me, Jesus says. But the government official son responds to Jesus after he says this kind of frustrating line, are you just here? He's kind of wondering, are you just here to see the signs and wonders? You just want another miracle? He says, well, Lord, please come now before my little boy dies. And then Jesus gives him an opportunity to show his faith. Still up in the hills of Cana, while his son is dying in Capernaum, the government official hears Jesus say this, go back home, your son will live. Wow. That's going to take faith. But the government official has to leave Jesus, this miracle worker, not bring Jesus to his home to heal his son, 
and trust in the promise that Jesus just made when he said, your son will live. But to his credit, and this is the goal. This is why I believe John's gospel tells the story in this way. The very next phrase in the same verse, John chapter 4, verse 50, the government official believed what Jesus said, and he went home. He believed that his son would be healed because Jesus said so. Remember how John introduces Jesus. In the beginning was the word. It isn't in the beginning was miracles and signs and wonders and a big explosion of of greatness and glory and half-court hook shots and reverse dunks. In the beginning was a promise of God's word that this word became human and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And if we believe that, the next several chapters have told us over and over again, we will be saved for new and everlasting life. The man goes home, and when he goes home, he witnesses the good news. His son has been healed at a very particular time. Verse 53 says, Then the father realized that that was the very time, the minute that Jesus had told him, Your son will live. At the moment Jesus said those words, Man, this gives me goosebumps to even tell you this today. At the moment Jesus says, Your son will live, he was healed. And then everybody heard it and believed. Now, some of them believed because it was a miracle. But don't miss this. The government official's son believed because Jesus said it was so. Your son will live. And indeed, he did. Have the kind of faith that matures and grows and is deeper, that believes because Jesus said so, because he is the word. And you believe this word and the promises that it brings. See you tomorrow. Please like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using. That helps us get the word out. And join us for weekend worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there. Can't break.